And the one other thing, there is no other industry supplier in the world offering this option at this moment in time. That's a fact. So how many podcasts have you gone on in the United States talking about this? Two. <laughs> so, so I just want like, is it possible that this is one of two podcasts so far to date that have shared this message? And so it's not like it's super like there's just nobody talking about this. This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Better Wealth Show. I'm here with Louie with Strategic Metal Investments, and we're gonna talk about all kinds of fun things. I wanna make it very, very clear. I, I say this every time someone comes on with, uh, with investments or like cool ideas. I do not endorse any investments. I'm not giving investment advice. You can't sue either of us, but if you're gonna sue somebody, sue Louie, just kidding. Um, <laughs> And we're going to be talking about big time picture as it relates to a lot of people are asking about gold and precious metals. And, and Louie, you have some really interesting things to share with us that say, hey, precious metals may be a play. And there's a world where you can, in quote unquote, invest in precious metals that are not gold, not silver, that have a utility that could outperform, but still give you the benefits of gold and silver. And so with that, welcome to the show. I, I am very much looking forward to this conversation and I appreciate you waking up or staying up for us um, f just because I know that you're you're not in the United States right now. Thank you. Thank you, Caleb. Yeah. And if you want to sue me, I'm in Tipperary in Ireland. So, you know, that's a it's a bit of a long shot. But um, yeah, look, it's an honor to be here with you. Um, look, I, I'm not a betting man, but if I was, I would wager that your audience will be hearing about this, uh, this option for the very, very first time. I know that to be a fact uh, because it previously was not available to private investors. Yep. So um, I, I know that for a fact as well, because I usually hear about alternative investments pretty early on. And when we chatted, you know, two weeks ago, it was the first time that I was hearing about this. And it was very attractive. Before we jump in, can you give a little bit of your background, you know, where you, where you live, how you got involved, big picture? Sure, sure, sure. So Louis O'Connor, um, I'm from Dublin originally, but I lived in Germany. I've traveled a lot. My, my first goal was to travel the world. Um, you know, I, I, I grew up in Ireland at the time. We didn't, well, we hadn't had any economic prosperity and um, we had a lot of emigration and we, we had had for many years. So I wanted to go out and see the world. So, so I lived in Germany uh, for about eight years. And then I went to Latin America. I was in Latin America for 15 years. And I've just recently returned back to Europe specifically to do this opportunity when it became available. Um, and I'm, I'm married, you know, uh, 20 years married. My wife is from Mexico. I have two, two girls, two kids uh, born in Panama but now working under Tipperary uh, Irish accent. So, <laughs> so I still, I love to travel, you know, if my wife would let me, I, we'd be in a camper van just wandering, you know, but, you know, she has more sense than me, you know, most of the time. <laughs> so this business, I'll give you the main characteristics and then I'm sure sort of questions will come up, Caleb. So the best way to describe it is it's the exact same paradigm as, as owning gold or silver, as owning gold, uh, 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 precious metals. You know, people in North America, I mean, you can today you could get online and you can buy gold probably in your locality or you could go to Singapore, you can store them offshore. So it's the same paradigm as that, 
except the only difference being uh, these are uh, rare earth metals. Mm. Now, you mentioned the name of my company I created is called Strategic Metals. Strategic metal is an umbrella term for technology metals, meaning they're in all modern technology, uh, rare earth elements, rare earth metals. Um, over in Europe now, we're calling some of them also green metals because they're critical to electric mobility, solar power, wind power. So, so that strategic metals is, is an, an umbrella term. And technically, the correct term scientifically is rare earth elements or, or rare earth metals. So the three characteristics of what we do, you know, what I want to mention first, um, Caleb, it's very, very important that sort of people understand this as well, because there'd be no point in even considering doing this investment if this wasn't in place. So our primary business is we are a metals broker. Um, we have an office in Frankfurt. Uh, we have a vault in Frankfurt. And 80 to 85% of our, <clears throat> excuse me, of our activities are buying and selling metals. So we buy from suppliers, mostly in China, because that's where most of the production is. And we then resell to industry. We're doing that, you know, on a daily basis. In fact, we sell metals to, you know, to businesses and industries in more than 70 different countries. Wow. Now, why is that so important? Because if we weren't doing that, the investment side wouldn't work at all because there'd be no point in you or me or anybody having, you know, say a hundred thousand dollars worth of indium, which, which you couldn't swipe your phone without indium, because what are we going to do when we want to liquidate it? Right. Unless we're going to, you know, start making phones or something. So it's very important to that. People are aware we are an industry supplier and that's the most important thing about us. Now, just to give you another demonstration as well, is in the vault in Frankfurt, we have more than 200 metric tons of raw materials in our inventory. It's the lar largest inventory of raw materials in Europe. Only between 20 and 25% of those raw materials are owned by investors. So you can see the ratio there. It's not like we have, you know, 100% of the, you know, you can see how that relates to liquidation and exit. So, I'll just give you the three characteristics then with that in mind. So what we, you know, guarantee, if you will, to anybody who partners with us is one, when you buy the metals, we guarantee you'll get industrial grade, high value assets, um, you know, that are sort of industry standard with analysis reports, purity levels, uh, case numbers, chain of custody documentation is also very important. So that's the first thing the, the investor, they, they physically purchased them and owned them. The second thing we guarantee is the storage facility is industry standard. Some of our metals are, are oxides. So they're, they're the, the powdered form. So they need certain maintenance, if you will, and, and, and storage conditions so they retain their purity levels and they don't have to be retested again before they're sold to industry. And then the last thing we guarantee is the liquidation. And what's great about this product is they're extremely liquid. You don't need to give us 30 days notice. If you want to, when you want to liquidate, we can liquidate the product in three to four working days. Why? Because that's our primary business. That's 80% of what we do. So I'll, I'll be quiet for a minute and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you've, 
Big, biggest mistake. Biggest mistake is to let me talk. Um, so <laughs> I want to want to take a step back. Rare Earth Metals. You pulled out your iPhone. Um, in, is it fair to say that if you have a smartphone, you are utilizing some type of rare earth metals? Hundred percent. Actually, there's there's now there used to be nine rare earth elements or metals in a, in an iPhone. There's now between twelve and thirteen in in any smartphone. Okay. Um, and and they you they're just in the ground and like you said, a lot of them are coming from China. Is there something about the earth in China, or are they just ahead of the curve when it comes to digging for that? Great question. Excellent. Um, great question because the history and the dynamics of, of China is very important here. So first of all, China has 50% of the world's reserves, um, but that doesn't mean they should monopolize the market, right? There's, there's, there's rare, rare, some of them are not all that rare. What's very, very interesting is going back now to the 1980s and the 1980s, the U.S. and China had an equal sort of share. In fact, the U.S. was producing more rare earths, but they both produced about 30, 35 percent of the world's rare earths. Um, the premier of China made a very bold statement in 1987. He said, uh, the Middle East has oil, China has rare earths. And it was a very, very shrewd statement because fast forward now, and not everybody can explain how and why this happened, but China is the dominant market leader in rare earths. They produce more than 80% of rare earths and they, they refine uh, more than 87%. Now, the refining is important. You touched on it there as well, which is rare earths are never, they're found, for example, gallium is always found as a byproduct of, of mining aluminum. So they're never found individually. They're all always a byproduct of another form of mining. So the refining, refining process is, yeah. is, um, is expensive and um, sort of complicated. And you guys take it after it's refined and you're brokers. And so you're essentially taking that and selling it to the Apples and the Googles and the, anyone that's using rare earth. And, and so that's why you're saying, hey, listen, you can invest in precious metals, but our main business, because this is one of the first questions I asked you, because I, you know, I come from a very skeptical mindset where I'm like, okay. Um, and you're like, oh, it's actually just a side business that you guys have access to them. And you also, there's a massive demand for them. And what you're saying is if someone just bought metals, like rare earth metals and held onto it, it's just like a lot of other assets they would appreciate. Um, and it's diversified. It's it's not tied to other you know stock market investments or kind of, kind of one of those things. But if you guys weren't brokers on the back end, it would be one of those things where it'd be like gold I could liquidate tomorrow, and and so there's a market for that. And what you're saying is what makes you guys super unique is not only do you guys allow us to buy rare earth precious metals, which is like good luck trying to find that number one. But number two mm -hmm. is what I think is most important in this list is the liquidation concept and obviously it's only as good as the promise promise kind of deal so it's you know it's not like we can't guarantee anything but that is very attractive and it's also attractive when we look at right now in 2022 it's like there there's a lot of uses for rare earths i think and and so it's like the demand is not just going to drop off and in fact i think it's it's only going to get more and more if my understanding about what this is is correct yeah, no, yes, 100% um, correct. Um, for example, uh, you know, all modern technology, 
that's one of the industries, just one. But if you think, for example, you know, even in the sort of developed and the modern world and the sort of wealthier part of the world, you know, people are constantly buying new, you know, devices and, yep. and renewing them and getting new ones. You've got the BRICS, uh, uh, Brazil, Russia, India, China. I mean, they're sort of depositing hundreds of millions of people into the middle class. So the demand will continually increase. What's adding to demand now is this sort of unbelievable uh, transformation we're about to go through in how we power our daily lives. Um, 80% of sort of global emissions are, are, are coming from how we do that. And we're about to, you know, just, just some small examples. I mean, every car manufacturer in the world is going fully electric. And you need rare earths for that. So for for electric mobility, solar power, wind power, it just couldn't be a better time to be able to to purchase and own rare earths. And and just as you you touched on there as well, um, like our clients physically own the metals. Once you purchase them, they own them. Now, we do recommend you store them with us because we're an industry supplier and the chain of custody is important. But let's just say, and I had a client recently ask me this from Tennessee. He said, <laughs> Louis, I like my gold as close to me as possible. I think what he meant was in the backyard, but right. he said, so I'm a bit skeptical about, you know, having them in Germany. And, you know, that's a fair point, you know. Yeah. So he said, can I actually, you know, take delivery of them here? I said, you can because you own those metals. Correct. However, our product, if you will, is... Our, our price is what is delivered to our storage facility in Frankfurt. It's a tax-free bonded warehousing, exactly the same as storing them in Switzerland. Now, if you want to remove them from there, all you're really going to do is incur additional expenses on your, you know, your investment, which is transportation to Tennessee or wherever it might be. Um, and then the one thing that's tricky there as well, if you come back to us then in five years and you're ready to sell them, yeah. Likely they would have to be tested again, and that's going to cost you, unfortunately, yeah. more. You so, have to send it back, right? You would have to send it back to to you. Um, yeah. So yeah. what you're so, saying is you're saying is you you have you can it's your it's your metals you can you can take delivery, but it would be your uh, professional recommendation that that would not be the most efficient thing for you if you're using it as a way to potentially liquidate. If you just like the fact that you have precious metals and that makes you feel good you can easily have it be in your own vault in your own house if that's something that you want to do just know that 3 to 4 days liquidation is there's no there's no way you probably could even get the metals to you in the, that amount of time let alone get the cash so i yeah. love that man yeah. this is just a question i'm dying to ask so in in my iphone right now like how much value in the precious metals is there like could i smash open my iphone if i get a new one and is there metals there or is it not that easy you're the first person to ask me that, Caleb. <laughs> um, they're in my minute amounts, my minute amounts, yes. and and that's sort of good in a way, and, and and not so good because they're they're not. It's not relevant at the moment, this moment in time. It's not possible to to recycle them because they're in such small amounts, you know. Okay. And also, when you sort of, if you did sort of smash it up, as you said, and you know, take it apart, then the purity levels of could be affected. And like okay. to give you an idea, like some of the same metals that go into an iPhone might well go into an F-35 fighter jet, which needs three quarters of a ton of rare earths. Now, if, if we're selling those to the US Department of Defense, 
to them, all they want, you know, to, what's most important to them is the chain of custody. They know exactly where those metals were produced. They know where they were stored. They know what custody they're in. And then, you know, that's why it's, it would be a difficult industry to break into because, you, you know, the clients are so, you know, the, they're so critical and sort of irreplaceable and the purity levels are so important. Yep. <laughs> I just, I, I ask questions like that because I just, when I, you say rare earth metals, I'm thinking like a diamond is in my phone somewhere, but it's not, it's, 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 they're using these rare earths for technology, I believe, like how to swipe and whatnot yeah. and i'm away okay by saying that uh it's above my pay grade and as long as i understand that there's use that there's a ever-increasing demand the fact that solar future electric cars and technology uses that yeah you could make the argument it's like what's the you, what's the utility of gold um a belief like that's like we we believe Absolutely, that. Yeah. and scarcity like that's and so i'm not saying gold's not valuable but it's like that is that is our that's why people put their money in gold and there's there's a world where you could have that same scarcity, but you now have a, a metal that has utility as well. That yes, it, it would be it would be interesting, and and it would uh, it gives you another option. And I'm a big fan of future options. Yeah, that's a great point. Great point, Caleb. It gives me a chance to do go into sales mode a little bit. <laughs> but look, you know, there's a gentleman in the U.S. His name's Jack Lifton, and he's he's the foremost authority in in rare earths. Um, and he said, uh, I was talking to him on the phone one day, and he said, you know, Louis, if all the gold in the world disappeared tomorrow, it wouldn't make any difference. If all the rare earths did, the buildings would fall down, airplanes wouldn't fly, cars wouldn't drive, you know, our clothes literally would fall off our back. We'd be left sitting practically naked in rubble. And that's, that's true. Like, that's a fact. So rare earths have an intrinsic value, and gold has an extrinsic value, as you said, a perceived value. Now, I've nothing against gold. It is a great store of wealth. Uh, however, uh, rare earths are a great addition to any metals portfolio as well. And the demand is always going to be there. You know, for example, I was doing a little sort of a comparison myself on gold versus rare earths. And there was a period, I think in the early 1980s, where gold went up to about, I think, $630 and, you know, it didn't sort of, it didn't, um, it receded and it didn't reach that again for 20 something years, 24 years, 25 years. So that's a long time. You know, it is a good, again, a store of wealth. But with rare earths, just to give you an example, say going just for the last five years, I think gold is up at 54% for the last five years. Our top performer is up 374%. Some of our metals are up 250%. On average, um, they're probably up between 30 and 40%, you know, on average. Some are up- uh, Annualized year to year? Yeah, every year, yeah. yeah. Wow. And the reason for that is because um, there's not enough being produced. Um, the demand is far outstripping supply. So why, why do you allow consumers like us to buy in when there seems to be like, it seems to be like, why do you let that? Because it seems like you're making- quite a bit of money and why don't you just keep it for yourself? Well, we, we make money too. We're, we're, it's a partnership. Um, as I said, our primary business is buying metals from producers and reselling them. And that's our yep. business. And we'll always do that. And thankfully we will, because that's otherwise the investment side wouldn't work. Right. But the investment side creates two additional income streams for us. One is 
the spread. I mean, you buy the metals from us just like you would, you know, there's a bid ask spread as you would buying gold or silver. So we, we make some money there in partnership with you. Uh, and then the, the other income stream is the vault. Um, it's, a, it's a separate business and it's run separately. Um, and so we're basically um, expanding and diversifying yeah. our business. That's fair. And I'll, I'll ask you a couple of questions on the details of that. Um, you know, right now there, there's a big green movement and people are like, let's stop drilling oil and let's drive electric and all of that. Because, you, you know, I think we can all agree that running out of oil would be a bad thing. Regardless if that we're even close to that or not, that would be a bad thing. What is the chances of us just running out of rare earths? Because it sounds like if and when that happens, we, we got a problem on our hands. Yeah, it's a, it's a great point, actually. Again, that's that's the first somebody's put it to me. There's, um, as I said, China has 50% of the world's um, reserves. There's plenty of rare earths in North America. There's also plenty in Europe. There's one plant in the U.S., uh, Mountain Pass in California, which produces rare earths. But all of those rare earths um, have to go to China for refining. Now, what you just touched on there over the that's why it's such a good time to the the reason I'm about to explain it now is a very good time to invest because the landscape will look completely different in about ten years from now because one if you Google a little bit you'll find in a very rare occurrence of agreement both President Trump and President Biden both signed executive orders recognizing that the U.S. needs to wean its dependence off China so there's things in the works for the US to, to, to have its own domestic supply chain and for Europe. But that will automatically um, be, you know, they'll do it more sustainably than China. I mean, you're looking at at least 25, 30% uh, costlier because of labor costs are higher and safety. But I don't know if you know this, um, you really touched on something there about supply. There was a movie that came out in December on Christmas Day called Don't Look Up. Have you heard about it? Or? <laughs> yeah, I have my own opinions about that movie, but we'll, we'll, yeah, yeah. I, I've seen well, it. Yeah. yeah, but just as one point of it I wanted to say, and it's very ironic, but funny enough, there's an element of truth of what they said. There are some companies already exploring mining rare earths from outer space, but the, the premise in the movie was, you know, this, this, um, this, um, what was it? A, um, it was like a, a meteor was going to be. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. comet has trillions of dollars of rare earth. So, so they can also likely be found under the ocean. So I don't think we'll run out anytime soon. Elon Musk, if you're listening, this could be, this could be, uh, something that SpaceX could take to the next level and uh, create another income stream. Um, I'm sure he's already onto it, you know. <laughs> this is fascinating. And, and again, I want to say like, um, it's so tough being in my shoes because I'm hosting a platform and there's multiple people that there's tons of people that listen to our podcast, some people that watch on YouTube. And so it's easy to get excited. And what I'm trying to do is I am super grateful for you taking time to share, but I'm also, I don't want my audience to just hear the newest thing. We call it recency bias and say, oh, I'm going to put all my money in this. What I love though, and what I'm committed to doing is sharing the pros and cons and trying to do my very best to at least introduce people to concepts and then they'll obviously have an opportunity to chat with you or someone on your team in in the future um so let's dive into if someone was like okay i like the system i like the I process of potentially investing some money um i see the demand the, the 30 to 40 percent if that's like half true that would be phenomenal and and what you're saying is 
you're not giving investment advice, you're not making predictions, but you're saying um, it's it's not going to get worse in in the way that you're looking at data. It's only going to get better. That's at least what I'm hearing you say. So what is what is the process from step by step? And if someone was like, I want to invest, what's the minimum investments? How do they do that? And what are the potential mosquitoes or problems with them giving your company money? Because I'm, I'm, again, trying to do my very best to talk sure. about the pros and cons. Sure. No, excellent. So um, let's start with the, 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 the pros and cons. The pros are you're, you're doing business with a, an industry supplier with over 30 years experience in the business. Um, and there, you know, the, the, you know, you have to do obviously some due diligence on that, but that's what you'll find out to be true. Um, the cons are, I mean, no different to anything else in the sense that, um, like I can only give, like what I just quoted you is fact. Those are historical pricing. I could send you independent stuff, but I can't tell the future. I don't know what will happen tomorrow. It is a speculation. Yeah. Um, what I like to sort of, the best way to explain, I call it a, a path of progress play, which I think is a term used as well in real estate, which is, you know, before you invest in a country or a certain area or a town, one good idea could be to look at what's happened there in the last five years or 10 years. Right. And it should give you a good view of what's likely to happen in the next, in the next five or 10. So what could happen is one of the, met, there could be an overproduction of one of the metals. Or um, let's say indium, which we, we discussed, uh, you can't swipe your phone without indium. You know, they're discovering new metals all the time. There was one recently named in Switzerland. They might find an, a metal that performs better than indium for that particular task. And all of a sudden, demand for indium could go down. So that would be sort of normal in that type of industry. I mean, I, once you do your proper investigation, though, you'll see that, you know, this China, like, it's, it's hidden in plain sight. China um, is about to come to, in the year 2025, they'll achieve what they, they set out to do at the beginning of, of the millennium. They, they, they stated what their China futures policy was, and that was to be uh, domestically, have their own source domestically for 10 different industries. And, and these are the industries we're talking about. So any expert in this field will tell you that in the very near future, sometime between 2025 and 2030, the US, Europe, and other developing nations will be basically standing in line, waiting for China to give what they have left after they've you know, satisfied their own quotas. So, you know, I mean, look, I'm, I'm in the business, obviously I'm passionate about it, but you know, I, I, you just, it's just, it's sort of hard to believe how much opportunity is here and, and the historical pricing will show that. Now, the minimum price of entry is only $10,000. And what I recommend, you know, most of our clients start somewhere between 25 and, and 50,000 and they open a portfolio. What I recommend is start even, for example, for about $12,500, you can buy one kilogram of each of our metals. So you'd have the full portfolio. And, you know, we, we update the prices every week and you'd have a performance chart from us and you can sort of watch the movements and you can maybe add more of one or, you know, sell one or something like that. So my recommendation is, is open up an account, get your portfolio going and, and plan to add to it. I mean, you'll see your gains. So usually once people are making money, they're, they're happy to, to invest more, you know. Um, but for the next three to five to 10 years, 
it's an excellent investment. Yep. Can you lend against the asset? So if you if I put in fifty thousand dollars in precious metals and it's it's appreciating and it's my understanding the only way I'm gonna realize that appreciation if I sell and and it will be cool because you'll be transparent, I believe. I'll see each week what the I bought it at ten and now it's worth fifteen kind of deal. That's generalized. But I like I'll be able to see that. Is there a world or do any of your clients able to use that as collateral for the bank and say, Hey, can I, can I take a, can I take a line of credit for my 50 K so I don't have to sell? Um, sure. is, is that a, is that something that has been utilized? Um, to my knowledge, no. Um, but that's not to say it hasn't been done, but yeah, you would have, um, your certificate of ownership and, you know, each, you know, the, the, the amount of each metal you have is listed individually, with you know the weight you have, you know the purity levels, the the case numbers, the chain. So you would have documentation um, to show um, that you do own those metals. And then of course, you can find you know a bank or you know a lending agent can find um, wouldn't they wouldn't have to look too far to see what the value you know independently besides what you're telling them. It so would be um, this is this is a project that I would like, and I'm inviting any listener or per, pre, pre, people watching this. If you if you know something or it can help us, I think uh, it, I very much love the idea of investing with with access to capital. And it sounds like you could do this with gold. You can do this with you know a lot of wealthy people that have a ton of stock options and companies can get people to lend against. And uh, it would it would be something maybe we can have you on in the future when we when we have an update on that. Um, yeah, definitely. It is an asset. And so if you have a personal relationship with the bank and you have a banker that's, you know, that understand like that that's willing to go deep and maybe look at alternatives, there's a world where you potentially could use that as a collateral. Correct. Correct. And like you said, if you can do it with gold, then there's a there's a way for it to be done, because, again, you the, the investors do physically own the assets. They're just they're in storage, but they own them. You know, if they want to come. In fact, I, I love for people to visit. I mean, before, during, or after the purchase, come to Frankfurt. <clears throat> and, um, you know, I always have an extra day or two to wine and dine people a little bit. Uh, <laughs> the Rhine River is an hour away. We can, you know, in the summer, you can go through the what they call the Weinstrasse, which is all the vineyards are up on the side of the river and take a boat trip. Um, Heidelberg, the oldest university in, in, in Germany, is an hour south, so... Uh, you know, I lived in Germany, so I speak German, and I love people to come visit because, you know, I'll send you a photo if you like, but um, it's you know, two hundred over two hundred metric tons of rare earths is incredible. It's, it's a sight to see, you know. Yeah, it's um. Yeah. I'll tell you this. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to again building a relationship with you, and it would be fun to not only visit you, but it'd be also fun to see if we can maybe, if we can get enough people in, maybe we could do a mastermind. Uh, you know, in absolutely and have, and have you guys be the host. And I think that would be, uh, that's something that potentially, by the way, if you're interested in that, let me know because we're just, again, communities well, continuing to be built and people are very interested in learning about this because it, I believe it increases our financial IQ. And that's my goal in this whole show is to introduce yeah. people to different opportunities. Yeah. No, Caleb, and look, I would, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because I would sort of, I'm not appealing to anyone other than you, but you know anybody's interest that could maybe funnel through you. But but I have in my mind, you know, I'm, I'm sort of interested in strategic partners in North America, um, 
you know, the areas where I, you know, I'm not competent or I wouldn't be knowledgeable. Would You know, somebody from California mentioned, you know, this would be great for a sort of a syndication or an investment fund. I said it would be, but I need a partner, you know. Yeah. And the other thing as well is I'm in Europe. So, you know, somebody in North America that would know the territory and know the, the laws and know how to legally set it up. So yeah. any ideas you have, because, you know, what's, What's fantastic, I suppose, about this as well is the German company, like the the metals trader, they're a very sort of conservative, um, you know, 30 years in business. They have done, until I came along and became a sort of a sales partner with them, they've done no marketing outside of Germany, Austria, Switzerland. They haven't needed to. And um, so there's a great opportunity there. Um, for anybody who's entrepreneurial. Louis, this is such a great example. And I promise you guys, we did not plan this ahead of time. Um, we, we literally just hit record and said, we'll see what happens. Um, but this is a perfect example of what we teach. If like you have access to capital, if you have the mindset of control, if you, if you are, are doing what we're teaching, building relationships, looking for efficiency, it's like people ask, like, how do you have opportunities to do certain things? Like we're, we're launching a tax company and some of the really cool opportunities have come up with that. And, and even this, like I, when we first chatted in the back of my head was like, if, and don't take this, don't take any offense to this, but if half of what you say is true, right? Mm-hmm. There's a massive opportunity, especially, yeah. I mean, one, we're recording this, I'm reading a news article that says the Dow dropped a, you know, 1100 points and, and yeah. it's continuing to drop. And so there's a world where people would be like, yeah, I would want to diversify a little bit of my money in there. And there's a world where there's a fund opportunity. There's a world where you could be a representative uh, in the yeah. United States. And there's a world where um, you could take some of your money and, and I mean, 20, 30, 40%. And again, don't sue me. I'm not giving investment advice. Do your due diligence. Assume that this whole thing's uh, not true. That's that's like my best investment advice is just assume people are not telling the truth and you'll be you'll do your due diligence. But I'm telling you, you came in from a good friend, MC, and I've been really impressed with your down to nature, just who you are. You, you've showed me a lot of what's going on and it makes sense. And by the way, there's opportunities like this all over the place, but you have to be willing to think outside the box because Wall Street and other, other firms can't even sell what you're selling and they, mm-hmm. they're threatened by anything that's going to take yield away from their investments. Yeah. Yeah. Look, you, you nailed it. And look, Due diligence isn't a, a theory. I mean, it's it's an action, right? Um, but what I'd like to do, Caleb, is I'll after this, I'm going to email you um, if if it's okay. I'm going to email you the, for example, the prices I've quoted. Okay. Um, but they'll be not from me, like from Bloomberg, if you will. I'll also, I'm just going to send you two quick emails so you can see. Okay. But absolutely, people have to, you know, you have to investigate it properly and. But you know something, we still live in an age where opportunities come along that we haven't heard about that are good, proper opportunities. I mean, that will always happen. So when they do come along, the question is, you know, do you know what I find sometimes there's a sort of a principle that's sort of a bar against all information, a bar against sort of um, learning anything. And that principle is sort of, um, contempt before investigation. Now, I noticed, now, not, it wasn't with you because you sort of zoomed in very quickly, but a lot of times when I'm talking to people and I start to mention rare earths, I can see in about 10 seconds the eyes glaze over yeah. and I've lost them, you know, and I just leave it at that because that's okay because they've sort of hit a barrier from the beginning 
Um, but I noticed with you just by the questions you were, you know, you were asking me that you were sort of picking this up, you know, and not everybody will. And even when it's proven to be a great opportunity, some people will just go, it's not for me. And that's fine, too. You know, my uh, my investment philosophy is it goes goes along a framework of value leveraging. And so, number one, the question that I have is if I'm going to invest anything like time, money or whatnot, am I investing in something that I see the value long term? And clearly the answer is yes. Like I'll, I'll be very frank, investing in the stock market, investing in gold, investing in other things. It's hard for me because it's like the market, it's supply and demand. And it's all about people's feelings about what they want the company to be worth. You're not investing in fundamentals. Or you're not investing in a private company that you're getting, you know, so, so, you know, that's, that's where a lot of yield goes and, and gold is awesome too. Like, great. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I love investing in businesses or real estate or things that I'm like, there's going to be a demand 15, 20 years from now, there's going to be a demand and it, it has a, abilities to appreciate. It has abilities. You just have options. And that's why I ask other questions about, you know, being able to loan against it because I'm always, my mind's always working that way. Um, but then the other thing, if you really want to maximize your investment is then you, you figure out how can we leverage and this podcast is a form of leverage, by the way. It's like, if I'm you, or if I'm trying to promote something, it's like, you're, you're going to get a thousand plus people are going to hear this message easily. Like, you know, and so it's like, that is one conversation, more than one person's going to hear this. And, and that, that ripple effect is, is pretty incredible yeah. as well. And so, but you leverage without value creation is a disaster. And I, yeah. I find that a lot of people want the quick cash and mm -hmm. we're, we're seeing right now in the markets where, um, if you're, if you're investing through greed, cause you want the quick, quick dollar, um, it might not end up very well for you. Whereas if you invest sure. in value long-term, like there's fundamentals that are also collateralizing the potential downside yeah. of what your thought, you know, where you yeah. can go. What's, what's nice about rare earths as well is how liquid they are. So I know a lot of people talk about passive income and stuff. They don't actually provide passive income no. because you realize your profits when you liquidate. Right. However, you have an appreciable asset. Um, we, we, we update the performance chart twice a week. So every week you can see exactly, like let's say you bought all nine metals, you'll see how much you're up on each individual metal and what the average is. But what I try to let people know, um, which, which I think is a key point as well, is if by any chance, like, you know, we recommend staying as long as possible because it's very likely in the year 2030, Western Europe and the US will be just waiting in line for rare earths from China. Like to give you an idea, two of our metals doubled in price last year. Insane. Why? Because China doubled their production of electric cars and they needed more for their quota. So the rest of the world suffered, right? And um, what if trade tensions escalate and China goes, okay, and they've threatened to do this. We're not going to, you know, you're not getting yeah. any. Now, what if that happened and you have $100,000 million worth of rare earths in a vault in Germany that you can liquidate in, in a day? Like if you come to us at the beginning of the day and say, I want to liquidate, we'll send you an offer that day, an official uh, pro forma invoice. If you accept that offer, you'll have been paid out and completed in three to four working days. So they're very liquid as well. And then one final thing I'd say um, um, is diversification like if all my assets are in one country 
and in one currency, I agree. I, I, I could do with some diversification, some international diversification, you know, so it provides I, that as well. I 100% agree. And, and there's, there's even a world like I'll, I'll tell you where I think the biggest risk is, is your credibility. Uh, company's credibility. If you guys no longer become a broker, you maybe lose that fast liquidity, but you still own the asset. And so there will always be, as long as that asset is going to be utilized, there's always a world for that. And so I'm just being like, that's the, that's the one thing that you have to, you know, bring up. But the fact that you guys have a 30 year history, there's not a ton of you out there. And majority of your business is not like, there's, there's other things that like justify the fact that like, that that could be a risk. But if someone was just popped up and they were a year in the making and they're like saying all this stuff, my question would be, well, what happens if you don't stay in business? Well, then, you know, yeah. my three to four day liqui liquidity offer is only as good as your ability to provide that promise. Exactly, exactly. And look, we, we're, we're, you know, to me, the key thing is that we are an industry supplier and we always will be. And, yeah. and as I said, that ratio of um, less than yep. less than twenty five percent of our inventory is owned by investors, and that will always that that will go up. We can allow that to go up a little bit more, and because there's more and more demand coming through. Yep. But again, you know, I couldn't recommend this if we we didn't have that you know um, ability to liquidate you know for the client. There's not there's absolutely no point otherwise. And the one other thing you know I can say with certainty is. Just so people are aware, there is no other industry supplier in the world offering this option at this moment in time. That's a fact. So, you know, interesting. And by the way, how many how many podcasts have you gone on in the United States talking about this? Two. <laughs> so, so I just want like, is it possible that this is one of two podcasts so far to date that have shared this message? And so it's not like it's super like there's just nobody talking about this. Nobody knows about it, uh, Caleb. I, I tell you, actually, I tell a lie, it's three, but I did one with MC and I just did a second one with MC because I invited the, the CEO from, from Tradium from Germany and some metals. Ex and ex so so I, I did two just with MC and one with you. Um, and oh. we're, we're moving, you know, again, uh, you know, I, like attracts like. And when MC mentioned you, I, you know, I, I not that I wouldn't turn anybody away, but, um, you know, we're moving sort of delicately as well. Do you know what I mean? You have to. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate your willingness to come on the show, be so transparent, um, and talk about this opportunity. And, and again, there's areas to make money all over the place. And I just, I just, I quite frankly, just love this whole conversation. Um, is there anything that I didn't ask that would have been a mistake if we end the podcast right now and have not addressed. Is there anything else that you want to share? Um, and I, yeah, is there anything that you want to share before we? I think I think we covered it all very very well um, in in terms of the 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 time we had, because as I said at the beginning, it's the same paradigm as buying gold or silver. Yet there's some very very intricate security. Um, components of the transaction that people should know about. So I think other than um, if somebody is interested, what I would do is sit down and go through more in detail, gallium, indium, perseodyne, okay. just so they know what industries and uses. And there may be a world that we do a part two, something more specific. So if people are like, hey, I want to learn more, we could send them to like betterwealth.com slash something with a individual video of you doing a deep dive. But for now, if people are like, I want to learn more. 
what is the best way to connect with you? I want to make it very clear that you're not a sponsor. We're not getting a sure. kickback. Like it's just, just like, how do yeah. people reach out to you if they want to learn more? Um, our, my website, our, our website is uh, Strategic Metals Invest. Okay. They can go there and download a brochure and, and leave their phone number and email and, and we'll follow up with a call, a courtesy call or a courtesy email or just email us directly, info at strategicmetalsinvest.com. Okay. And guys, I, I would highly recommend if this of interest to you, um, say that, say thank you in a way of uh, providing interest. Thank you for coming on for the second official podcast in the United States. Um, we really, really appreciate it. And I, I just, I just appreciate you sharing this opportunity that until speaking with you, I knew of rare earths. I knew that there were people like I knew of it. I just didn't know that there was a way to participate in that investment. And I think majority of people would say, I, I see a world where we're, if, if electric cars, if technology and solar panels, if those use rare earths along with like airplanes and all of that, I just, I see a world where the demand's going to be uh, greater. If I was running for president today, I would uh, definitely up our capacity in the United States because I don't love uh, depending on other countries, especially mm -hmm. China. I've definitely learned a ton. And as you can see, I get excited talking to people like you that are just in a space that is incredible. So anything else you want to say before we, uh, I, I ask another question that's not money related, but is there anything else that you want to say and how people can reach out to you and any final thoughts? No, just I've I've really enjoyed the conversation. Um, you've you know you 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 you've a keen sort of insight and mind. I guess to investing where you, so you're able to hone in on on what's important for the audience. So, um, yeah, I'm very grateful, Caleb. I really enjoyed it, and I hope um, we might you know see you in Europe or I might see you in <laughs> North America. It, you know, listen, uh, when when my wife April listens to this, she's going to already be looking at tickets uh, for Europe. So it's only a matter of time. I can I can guarantee that. Um, and and yeah, we'll definitely we'll definitely be kept in the loop. And if there's enough demand, so please, please reach out to me, comment. Let me know if you want to hear kind of a part two. Uh, we can do a deep dive in precious metals. I'm all about, it goes back to leverage. When you get 100 people reaching out to you, you're going to wish we had a part two video. So you could say, watch part two. And if you really want to, you know, <laughs> talk to me, it, it saves yeah. a ton of time. So uh, depending on the response, we might do a part two. My final question is nothing money related. It's all legacy related because the reason why we do this is, I think, for a bigger purpose than just making money and appreciating assets. It's, it's mm -hmm. the value that we bring just in our life and when we pass away. And so my question is, if this is your last day on earth, and you were with the people that you love the most and you can't give them any precious metals or any podcast or anything that you've done, but you just have one last conversation. What are you going to make sure to highlight in that last conversation? And I think you touched on it in the question, which is, I think we've all been given um, a great platform and we should be relieved and, and grateful and thankful. And just, you know, just today, I mean, the effort you and your team put in to be here you know, the technology we have and even the food we ate today. I mean, what it took to go from, you know, where it began and maybe in Africa or maybe South America. And we have fresh tropical fruit here in Tipperary. But so, yeah, just we have been given this great platform and all we need to do is uh, is to, to try to improve on it. And one thing, you know, the spiritual practice or dimension is very important to me, um, such as, I think like, you know, and I'm going to use the analogy of sort of, you know, going to the gym and being fit. I think it's important to be physically fit, mentally fit, emotionally fit and spiritually fit. 
And what I mean by that as well is it's like, you know, a chair has four legs. And what I believe to be true is if you don't get the spiritual side right, and you touched on it as well, sure, this is business, but, you know, what's what's our deeper intention, you know, amongst our own community and, and stuff like that. I think if you don't get the spiritual side right, you'll run into difficulties. Yeah. If you're just after the money or the fame or the power. But if I think if you get the spiritual aspect and spirituality to me is about humility and just, you know, being honest with yourself about, you know, finding out who you really are. And you know, like, I, I think most people I encounter are very sort of, um, they know what they want and they know what they're after, but do they know, do they know why? Do you know what I mean? So, so just that, yeah, that spiritual side is very, very important. And I think if we go down, if we, if that's not right, uh, but if it is right, everything everything else falls into place. You know what I mean? Couldn't say it any better, man. I I 100% agree. And uh, if you don't have a greater reason to why you do what you do, I think it's going to be life is going to be a lot less fulfilling, and you'll live and yeah. you'll die, and and yeah. 500 years, no one's going to remember anything you've done. So there's yeah. a, there's um, got to be a bigger purpose than just our on earth legacy. Uh, yeah. And um, one one thing there, just I know you've gotten me onto my favorite subject, Caleb which is spirituality and sort of, but you know, as well, um, if you live in the spiritual realm, if you're sort of doing the right thing or trying to always do the, the next right thing, more is constantly being revealed. That's where you grow. Do you ever sort of, you know, I don't know if you've ever experienced or you meet people where they don't feel like they're grown anywhere or they're, they're stifled. Spiritual realm is, is not, they're not living in there. If you're in, in, in that, in the sunlight of the spirit, if you will, more is constantly being revealed. So you sort of don't have to really strive so much because it's sort of revealed to you, you know? Yeah. We we could have part three because this, uh, <laughs> this, this is actually one thing. The the Better Wealth audience hears a little bit of some of my philosophy and like my faith obviously um, structures a lot of my business practices and all that. But um, there's, I mean, probably what I like to speak more than money is is that you know deeper reason is faith is is frameworks because i'm i'm a fan of frameworks i, I believe if you can't explain why you believe what you believe then you're mm-hmm. just based on feelings and i do believe that your life will be better if there's a deeper meaning to it and um i yeah. don't believe it's just something made up so that's a whole nother conversation and um sure. but yeah i i again appreciate your time and appreciate you articulating this. Appreciate you taking hard questions. And we'll definitely have you back on. And I'm looking forward to hearing what the uh, Better Wealth Nation thinks of this. And so with that, man, thank you. We'll make sure to put your contact info, your website uh, in the show notes and in, in the description. And uh, look forward to future conversations. Thank you very much, Caleb. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.